Um, health and wellness is really hard to attain by yourself. No different than um, the reason why we have mentors and coaches is because they can guide us on the right pathway. And uh, health is one of those which people are starting to realize now with the coronavirus is it's probably the most important building block to any business is you got to have everyone in it healthy or at least the, the big heads in it like the CEOs. They got to be healthy. Otherwise, without them, you can't have a company that runs. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom, the police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling, but there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, and I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world, others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and today I have a special guest for you. Live on the line is Dr. Wes Fox. Are you there, Mr. Fox? I'm here. Awesome. Glad to have you here. So for those of you who don't know who Dr. Fox is, um, he's actually the doctor that I have been mentioning a couple of times in the, the last, I don't know, three or four months worth of episodes that we've put out that I've been working with personally to help achieve peak performance in my life and in my business. So I'm pretty excited to actually have him come on the show and chat a little bit about what it is that he does. So Dr. Fox, to start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you're known for today. What is your um, business like? What is it that you, uh, you, you help people with? Sure. Yeah, so I am a uh, high-performing um, performance expert. So I essentially take someone from point A, which could be a series of health problems. They don't feel good. They don't have energy. They're tired or they're really sick. And then I take them to the other side of the spectrum, which is um, overall performance and well-being. So um, how I got into this is I used to have a, a brick and mortar practice where people would come in and um, you, you know, we would get them better. And they're like, hey, can you help my mom? Can you help my dad? Like, how, how do we do this? And so essentially what me and my wife did is we just, we, we closed up shop and essentially brought everything um, from our brick and mortar online. And so what we do for people is we help uncover the cause of any of their health concerns, anything that's blocking performance, inhibiting their body from achieving ultimate vitality. And we do that through a uh, a proprietary uh, step program where we take them through customized testing and we figure out everything that is going on with a specific individual and then we guide them through that to actually attain health and wellness because um, health and wellness is really hard to attain by yourself no different than um, the reason why we have mentors and coaches is because they can guide us on the right pathway and health is one of those which people are starting to realize now with the coronavirus is it's probably the most important building block to any business is you got to have everyone in it healthy or at least the, the big heads in it like the CEOs. They got to be healthy. Otherwise, without them, you can't have a company that runs. Yeah, can't uh, can't build wealth without health. So, yes, um, 
That's a, that's a interesting thing that you do. And I've, I've actually really seen a lot of benefits in my life since starting to go through this. I was really surprised by how in-depth your testing was um, and just all the stuff I've learned about myself because of that. So that's really fascinating. Um, what I'm curious about is how did you get started in business, right? We talk on our show um, about your origin story, right? Every hero has an origin story. We started to realize that, you know, you were different. Maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people, right? right? So how did you get started on this whole like path of becoming an entrepreneur, being a self-made um, business person? Right. So um, my wife says that the superhero she thinks I am is Captain America. I don't know how she got that, but nice. Uh, uh, essentially, it started off with uh, people closest to me um, getting sick, and um, it's my wife. So uh, I'll just share a little bit about that. So what had happened to her was um, at the age of 12, she um, started experiencing debilitating migraines um, to the point of where uh, she had to curl up in a ball, and it was like she was having a stroke. Couldn't feel anything, couldn't say anything for hours. And so like right when I heard that, I was like, I have my own kids right now and I can only imagine what that 12 year old at that time felt like. But the, the biggest problem from there was she had no help. No doctor could figure out what was going on with her. The best thing that she got after she spent thousands of dollars was, I think we're just, I think you're just dehydrated. That's it. We don't, or you can take this thousand dollar medication. And um, through that story uh, and hearing it from her, it kind of helped me start focusing on the track of like, okay, there's a lot of people that need help. And there's a lot of people that don't know why they are the way they are, or why they have these health issues. And so through her, you know, this is seven years in now, she has no more migraines, we figured out exactly what was causing her problem. And now she's set free. And we want to set people free from their own baggage or their own demons. So that way they can live and enjoy life. Um, and we do that by uncovering the cause of their problems. And so that's how I got into the entrepreneurial aspect was I was being selfish, only focusing on people in my area when there's millions of people around the world who need help, but they may not be able to have that doctor like me that can come and help them. Well, now I can help you from anywhere. And so that's where we brought everything online, did everything from the entrepreneurial aspect where someone can find me from, I have people in Africa, Asia, I mean, everywhere, and they're able to achieve health and wellness now, and they don't have to rely on, you know, their doctors locally anymore. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, and it's interesting that, uh, that I don't know what the term for it is, but, uh, you know, telemedicine or virtual medicine like this is becoming, um, it's becoming more readily accepted right so even like four or five months ago if you tell someone you were seeing a doctor virtually they're like oh that's weird yeah. right um but then you know we get hit by a, a big virus <laughs> um and now i see services popping up where you can actually see doctors virtually yeah and what's, what's going to happen is is everything's probably going to move to this now most doctors are going to realize after this is that hey maybe we you know, maybe we can do everything virtually. The only reason why you need to go into a doctor is if they're going to perform a surgery on you. We haven't figured out how to do that virtually yet. Um, or, you know, if they have to like adjust your, or massage you, like that's where you need to go in to do something. But otherwise everything else can be done from, you know, right where you're at. Yeah. Right. So like if you need a test or they need to check something on you and you actually need to have hands of a doctor on you, then you go see a doctor in person. But most of the time, yeah, it's like my, my wife, uh, my wife just had a, a virtual doctor's visit and they were able to go through her symptoms and diagnose everything and get her a prescription all from telemedicine stuff for, um, you know, it's fascinating to me that that's the way that the, uh, the world is moving. So 
my next question for you has to do with your superpowers, right? What is it, you know, and this is, you know, we, we talk all the time, every superhero has their superpowers. It's what you do or build or off this world that really helps solve problems for people. And what I've been framing this question for guests lately has been, if like, if you look at all your skills, like the things that you're good at, the things that you really help people with, there's probably one skill that energizes the rest that sort of makes you who you are. Um, you know, your zone of genius, so to speak. What would you say that is for you that makes you able to do what you do? I would say it is um, relentlessness mixed with, um, my, my wife calls me a, like a logistician with relentlessness. I will take something that someone presents to me and I won't stop until I figure out exactly what is happening. And it doesn't have to come from me. It can come from other people I know. So I will, I will encompass a problem and I will continue, I will, I will work on it in my sleep to the point until I actually figure out what this is going on. Um, to my own detriment, my wife would say that. Um, I just don't stop. I, I will, I'm not the person that just, hey, try this, try this. Like I will continue to analyze and analyze and analyze until we figure out why this is happening. And so she calls me a logistician. I'm a, I'm a logic, that's my magic power. Your magic power is that you can, you can work on the problem until you find a solution. Um, that's a, it's an interesting, I've never, I have not heard that answer before from anyone on the, uh, on the show. So I'm, I'm curious, what does that, what does that like do to you mentally as you're working with, you know, patients like me and patients all over the spectrum? How do you keep your own sanity about you when you're working, uh, working on problems like that all the time? Well, so I always start with myself first, so I can't help anyone unless I have my own good routines. So, um, I have my own morning adrenal mitochondrial cocktails. I have red light therapy, sauna therapy. I have to take care of myself mentally and physically before I can handle the energy that comes from other people. And so the reason why I can have this relentlessness of figuring out the problem or the solution to a problem is because of what I've prepared my body to do. So it's my own self hygiene, my own self care routines that allows me to handle what you present to me and then allow me to figure out why this problem is happening. So, so, so when it comes to like you talk about high performance, um, you are able to perform highly yourself, right? Right, because you follow a lot of these these uh, these regimens yourself to uh, to get, keep yourself at a um, high level. So, cu curious curious question, just from personal experience, before you started doing this, do you do you feel like you have higher performance and more capacity now than when you first got into some of this health health stuff? Uh, yes. So there was a point where, um, I used to struggle with panic attacks every day. Um, I was a division one, uh, track and field athlete, uh, went to one of the best colleges in the world. And, um, I thought health was like, Hey, I, I, I'm ripped. I look good. And you know, I, I, but then I got to the point where, um, I barely had enough energy to make it through the day. And keep in mind, this is when I was in my brick and mortar. Um, I was unhealthy. I thought I was healthy. And then I was having panic attacks every day. And so I had a small window of time of how much I could actually work and get things done. And my level of success was only here. I, I couldn't go any higher because my body wouldn't let me. And so all these regimens and protocols and uh, analysis that I put my clients through, I've already done myself. I've done 10 times over. Um, I can, now I can go from, I wake up every day at four or five o'clock in the morning and I go until nine o'clock at night and I don't have a dip in energy anymore. Um, my body starts to shut down at seven o'clock to get ready for bed, but people look at my workload and they're like, well, how do you handle that? 
And it's like, because I've built up good successful habits and routines and I've, I've fixed the inside versus worried about the outside. Most people worry about the outside and never fix the inside. So uh, like on, on that note, um, you mentioned like having the, like you, you were, you were physically fit. Like if someone looked at you, you looked good, you looked healthy. Uh, oh, but a, that's Yeah. I had a six pack. I was 200 pounds doing CrossFit. I mean, if you looked at me, you would, you would look past me. You'd be like, that dude's fine. But in reality, yeah. I was struggling significantly. I mean, I was drinking four, five, six cups of coffee a day just to make it to the end of the day. I would wake up and it would take me over an hour and a half just to get out of bed. And then I would get panic attacks where for like anywhere from five to 30 minutes, I couldn't control my thoughts. I was afraid of everything. I had, I, and then I would go to sleep and I was just, I, I felt psycho psychotic almost. Like I just, I, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin and it was very stressful. And I was like that for over a year, a panic attack almost every single day. And then I got to the point where like, this is, I can't do this anymore. And that's where I started going a step deeper and figuring out using my logic and analyzation. I just didn't stop until I figured out what was wrong. Once I found it, addressed it, I've never looked back and I've never had an issue again. So I'm curious, how often do you find that, right? Cause like I was in the same boat, right? Not panic attacks, but I mean, you know what my, my issues were. And, you know, it was like, if, if I was to go see a regular doctor and do the normal testing, I would have checked all the boxes. They would have looked over me. You're a healthy, you're a healthy 33 year old dude. Right. Um, and, and, you know, looking at all this stuff, it's like, it's, it's on a negative trajectory. How often do you see that versus someone who is like physically ill and sick um, and doesn't look good versus, you know, someone who's checks the boxes that may, you know, we, we sort of look at in society as being healthy and fit. So how often do people check the box of like being healthy and pretty much overlooked because they think they're healthy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say probably like 60% of my 60% of my clients are most of the time. That's how they are. Um, that be, well, it, 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 it comes from that their definition of health that they were taught was that as long as they look good. So if they're not overweight or, you know, they're physically fit um, or they have energy for throughout the day, um, or they look, you know, look physically good too. Um, then they're healthy. So what they were taught was wrong. They were taught that if they look good and feel good, that means they're healthy. So they don't need to do anything. But how often do I run into it? I run, I run into it quite frequently. And those people are actually the worst people who fall into that category. Yeah, yeah. That's the person that's less likely to take action to do anything because they're like, I'm okay. No different than me. That's how I was. Guess what I didn't do. I didn't take action because I'm like, dude, I'm ripped. I look good. Like how can there be a problem with me? And then eventually there was a problem. Yeah. So, um, for, for people who are listening, what are, what is a better definition of health so they can look at themselves and actually see a better picture and know whether or not they should be doing something. Right. Yeah. So I always go back. I, um, I, I really like Tony Robbins and I, I, I did a seminar with him a long time ago. And the biggest takeaway that I took was that wherever your focus goes, your flow goes and your energy goes. So the first question I always ask any of my clients and I have them ask themselves, how much focus do you put on your health? When's the last time you asked yourself, am I healthy? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Maybe last Never. Week. And I'm like, but we've been taught, right. We've been taught that we need to brush our teeth, right? We need to go to the dentist every six months and brush our teeth religiously. We wake up, you know, we go to the bath. We do all these things religiously, but we've actually never been taught 
to check in our health. But we look at our business. We want to make sure our business is doing good, check the numbers. We do that, you know, weekly or every day. And I always ask people like, well, then why do you expect to even be healthy? Like if you're not checking in on it, like you do on your business or your bank account, then don't expect that when a health issue comes to be healthy because you never looked at it. And so the, yeah. you know, the way that they need to start looking at it is uh, the new definition of health is that your body is functioning at 100%. Because I can have a person that's slightly overweight, not have a six pack, but functionality, they're functioning at you know as close to 100% as possible. But then I can have a person who's at six pack, completely ripped, does CrossFit or does the gym routines all the time. And they're on the verge of having a heart attack in the next couple of years and they don't even know about it. So it's all about, are you functioning at 100%? And then the next question is, is how do you know? Yeah, how do you know whether or not you're functioning at 100%? Can you, is that something you can answer or does that get, in, get right into uh, the testing and the protocols that you do? You can't know. There's no way to know unless you do testing. Um, my biggest philosophy is don't guess, always test. No matter what, even you can look at anything in this world in some form or fashion, someone tested that to make sure it worked. Could be from advertising to marketing. They're always testing. They don't want to guess. Same thing with the health. Health. You always want to test and never guess. And so that is the only way to know. You could look good and feel good. No different than yourself. You, you know, overall you felt pretty good. And a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with, the same thing, like, oh, I feel good. No, it's not that you feel good. It's that you've developed good habits. But it doesn't mean that you feel good. The only way to know is to actually open up the hood of that car, look at the engine that's running in there and make sure. And then once you have that validation, then you know that you were doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, really interesting too, because like when we finished the testing for me and realized that like I do feel good or thought I felt good. Um, and you realize that I've actually, some of the things that I have learned to live with aren't actually feeling good. They're like low performance things, right? right? Everything from not being able to fall asleep well at night. They're like, that's, that's not just me. That's actually a health issue, right? right. And things like um, having cold fingers and cold toes all the time. That's not actually like, that's, right. that's a, a sign of something that's not good, but I didn't know any of that, but right? Um, normal. They call that normal aging. That's what they say. You're normal. That's yeah. It's a normal 30 or 40 year old. And it's like, why the heck do I want to be normal? Like, I don't want to be compared to the average American of what they should be experiencing. I don't want to be the 60 year old in a wheelchair because that's normal. I want to be the 60 year old who's ripped playing tennis and, you know, has energy for days and still, you know, make it, you know and cool. swim in the English channel. Like what's his name? The, oh, the, the guy who did the juicer stuff. Jack LaLanne. Yeah. Jack I mean, LaLanne, swim in the English channel at 90. When that dude had a routine, he was healthy, he checked in on himself. And I mean, he was, he was pulling boats at the age of 70 or 80 behind him as he was swimming. And it's like, you put another 70 year old in there in the water to do that, they'd be drowning. They'd be trying to just stay above water. And this dude's pulling like 15 boats. Behind him. Yeah, yeah. So, so the point is, is that like, all, you know, a lot of the things that you may or may not be dealing with, um, that you consider normal, like a normal aging process or just normal life or just part of who you are may actually be signs of health oh. issues that if you, yeah, if you actually do the testing, um, you'll know. So on that note, um, will you describe a little bit of the, the types of testing that you do with your clients and why they're important? Yeah. So the first one we do is uh, genetics testing. Reason is, is because, you know, with the whole virus thing that's happening right now, they're talking about like maybe there's genetic markers or things that are happening. Like maybe someone carries a risk marker to be more affected by it. But your genetics play a role in the expression of your life. So um, you have a whole list of DNA markers that makes Richard. 
right? And then the next step up from that is epigenetics, which is, okay, now that we know Richard has this DNA, which ones is he expressing? Is he expressing the good ones or the bad ones? And then from there, we can essentially start pulling levers and turning genes on and off that we want to have happen for you to be healthy. And so when we look at your genetics, we, we'll know everything about you. We'll know how you respond to things, who you are, how you work out, what you need to eat, any risks we need to be concerned of, any DNA markers that are bad that are turned on, and then we turn them off via epigenetics. So that's one testing. It goes right down to the molecular DNA level of this is who you are. This is what we can do. It gives us a blueprint of you, okay? That blueprint isn't live though. That, it's not like the blood work that we do. The blood work we do is it's, it's, a, it's a cellular blood work. We, we look at the foundational building blocks of your body, which is your cells, your heart, your lungs, your tissue, your skin, your nose, your lips, everything is made out of cells. And so we analyze it at this level, which is your cells. Most physicians analyze it up here, which is just blood work or even higher. They just like, how are you feeling? Let's just analyze your symptoms and then not, symptomatic. not go any further. And so we're able to look inside each and every one of those individual cells to see the, to see the framework, to see, do we even have a good solid foundation? And if no, then yeah, of course you're gonna have all these health issues up there. It's broken down here at the bottom. So we wanna fix it from the bottom up like a house. They always start with a foundation. They don't start building the roof and then they're like, oh crap, we gotta build the foundation in there. No, they start with the foundation and work their way up. We've been taught to start from the roof, which is the symptoms that drip down, right? When it rains. And then we start trying to dig further, but we never actually dig down to the foundation level. And that's why so many Americans right now are sick. They never, they never get to the root cause. And that's what our testing does is it allows us to figure out that cause. Yeah, it was um, when we did the testing myself, it was really, really fascinating for, to, to get the results back. Um, on for for a couple of reasons one of them was like for the blood testing the cellular testing i was like it's in my head it was like i feel like i'm finding out the day i'm gonna die right <laughs> um and and i remember thinking that and i was like it's such a weird feeling but at the same time once you actually get the results you realize you know okay so like you have this issue or that issue or other things but they have solutions right it's, um, you know, it, it could have been the way you were going to die if you just let yourself go for the next 30 years, but you can, you can actually improve things, um, on, on, yeah, knowledge is power. Like you can change the trajectory of, of your life. Um, and the DNA testing was super in depth. I was, I was blown away. I was expecting to like find out like, you know, your parents are from North Africa kind of thing. And like, that was the end of it. But it was like all the way down to the level of like, you know, your body doesn't process vitamin E the way normal people do, or your body doesn't have a normal hunger response, which is something like I have known my whole life, but never really like knew it, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so I've always struggled with making sure I ate enough food because I don't feel hungry like a normal person does. <laughs> well, you got to keep in mind, though, we've been taught that there should just be a one size fits all for everything. But then mm -hmm. you ask the question like, why did why doesn't why can't Johnny eat that food but I can eat it and I'm fine we're different we're all different so not every single person on the planet can do a paleo diet that doesn't make yeah. any sense then that means that that's not accounting for the the differentiation between you and I no wonder why yeah. people, no wonder why diets fail for so many people it's because it's not specific enough when you get when you yeah. look at yeah then it gets specific to you versus Oh, you know, Dr. So-and-so said I should do this because that's what he said. No, we got to, we got to dig deeper.
Yeah, yeah. And I like one of the things that was in the DNA report, which was fascinating on directly relating to the diet was like my genetic markers for my response to gluten, right? Yeah. And it was it popped up and it was like, I, I don't have like a gluten intolerance. I don't have those DNA markers. So like when my wife and I several, you know, several years ago went on a gluten free diet, it had a huge impact on her didn't impact me at all. Nothing for you. Right? Yeah. Didn't do anything for me. Like it didn't hurt me, but, but, but it didn't make any positive impacts. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I can eat gluten, and I'll be fine. And I haven't had any of those health issues. But if someone does carry that marker, then yeah, of course they're gonna have gluten issues. But why why do you and I need to be so super strict about it? If I don't even carry those markers to be affected, people have been gl eating gluten for years and they've been fine. But you'll get people like, oh no, yeah. gluten free is the only way to go. And it's like for some people, yes but you can't say that gluten affects everyone the same way. Otherwise you're falling into that same trap, which is one size fits all and everyone is the same. We're all different. Absolutely. So I move on a little bit and ask you about the, uh, the flip side of your superpower, which is your fatal flaw, right? So every superhero has their fatal flaw. You know, Superman has kryptonite that, you know, tears him down. In, in this context, what I like to, to talk about is something that you think has held you back from having more success in the space that you're in and something that you've actively worked on and how have you worked on it so other people who might struggle with something similar can learn a bit from you? <laughs> uh, control or delegation would be my kryptonite as far as uh, wanting my hand to be on everything, on the pulse all the time. And um, any successful business person would know that um, you gotta let go. The best example I've seen is that if you wanna get to the top of the building, you put a ladder on the outside of it, right? and you mm -hmm. climb up one step and then you let go of the steps below to some, someone else climb up the next step and you let go um i tend i tended not to want to delegate which essentially means that if i don't delegate i can't grow because i need to be doing everything and if i'm doing everything then i'm not going to grow big if i'm, if I'm trying to control everything i'm not going to grow big and so um that used to be that was what was holding me back from everything um, even in the office, you have to um, let go and let other people do tasks so you can continue to grow and focus on the big picture, which is getting to the top of the building. And I, I didn't see the top of the building. I focused on <laughs> the bottom <laughs> and staying there. I didn't climb. Yeah, yeah. I, I can feel you there because my business was like that for like nine years. Yeah. Um, and I wore all the hats and did all the things because I was convinced that I was the only person who could do them. Um, and it wasn't until I had a uh, someone in one of my mastermind groups, you know, sort of kick me in the ass and be like, you're your own bottleneck. You need to stop, hire someone. Like that's your goal for between this meeting and next is you need to hire someone. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And so, right. um, and it's like, I don't think I can afford that. And I don't want to do it. And they're not going to do the work as good as I am. And like, I remember making that decision and hiring that person um, who will probably listen to this recording and helping us. It's one of my best, best people, you know, best decisions I've ever made in my life. So if you're listening, thank you for being there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but anyways, it, it changed my business, right? Um, and, you know, now we've got, you know, three people on staff now, and it's, it's a huge, um, huge growth step to actually be able to step out and delegate and have other people. And then you find out that you work better than you anyway. So why were you holding on? <laughs> I mean, I tell people, I think that's probably a lot of biz, like at least entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their business. I always feel like that's a lot of the issues that hold people back is that like the control and delegation which is the difference between like an Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos isn't sitting there like, I need to know, he's just sitting in there ranking in the money. You know, he's got all the other people moving. <laughs> um, but you and I, when you start yeah. with a 
small business, you want, it's like your baby, right? And you always want to control it and never let go. It's like, but the moment you let go, it actually turns into a human being and it grows and it gets huge and you've got a teenager and then they get, get um, yeah, if I would have learned that earlier on, I mean, shoot, I was, I would have shot from, a, you know, four figures to five to six to seven, a lot quicker for sure. Absolutely. So next question has to do with your common enemy. And this one I actually think might be an interesting discussion because um, what I'm, what I'm looking for is if you had a magic wand and every client who came to you and you could magically remove one sort of mindset that you think is holding all of your clients back, something you regularly beat your head against the wall because you have to tell your clients over and over and over again, what would that thing be? What, uh, hmm. Like a common enemy you struggle, you, you, your clients all sort of struggle with, you know, in common. Time. What do you mean by that? Um, they want everything now. So they, they, they <laughs> I get that. They struggle with, um, if we're talking about my clients, they struggle with, uh, well, why can't this be fixed tomorrow? Why do I have to wait six months to a year to get better? And my answer to them every single time is, well, John, you've been sick for 20 years. I should at least get 20 years to fix your health problem, not two days or one week. Um, the biggest problem with every client is like any American, no matter what, they want it now. And that's not how health works. It took you days and weeks and years to establish your problem. It's going to take you the, not the same amount of time, but it's going to take you some time to get over these problems. So I always say health is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think part of that comes back to the health establishment's focus on symptomatic treatment, right? You have a headache, you take a Tylenol, 45 minutes later, your headache's gone. You know, not the, not the reason for the headache, but you can't feel it anymore. Um. <laughs> I imagine you know, I have to break those habits because they want that magic pill. They want time and a magic pill. They want it essentially fixed right away and then they're done. And it's like, but no different than in a business, like time, you need time to build a proper business for it to automate and grow. Same thing with health. Like you've had these issues for years, take some time to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when you and I first started, that was one of the first things that you started talking with me about was the amount of time it was going to take. Right. And like, it was like, I know what my health goals are. And you're like, we'll probably get to those health goals like four or five months in. Right. right? Cause we got to start with the foundational stuff. And you know, we had, you know, phase one and we just started phase two and that kind of stuff. And it's like, we got to work on, you know, we got to get the foundation right before we can start right. working on the, the, the stuff that, you know, people are, might be interested in and in seeing the results of. I mean, but keep in mind though, like even since we've been together, you've already seen some changes and we barely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I tell people, it's not that you're not going to see changes. It's that I don't want to give you a false hope. Like a doctor wouldn't say, yeah, this should fix you in a couple of days. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a false hope. I want to be realistic and just say, this is going to take time. But yeah, I mean, I've had people go into full resolution in two months, one month, three months, but yeah. I'd, I'd rather be safe and say, no, it's going to take a couple more months versus I say, yeah, in a month you're going to get better. And then it's like eight months down the road, but then they quit after a month, right? That's not the, I want to make sure that they get there in the right time. And that's why I say it's not a marathon or it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's interesting too, about sort of like your program and what we've been doing is that a lot of what you're doing with people is like with me, at least is it's like you have routines that you're having me start, right? It's like, you know, a supplement routine or a routine for breathing or a routine for sleep or other things. And it's like, you're, you're forcing me to build better habits 
And those habits aren't going to stay if we don't have them over time. Right. right. Um, and so that's where, where I, I see, I see a lot of benefits to that. Um, which, which is, I think it's a, it's a unique approach because, you know, I've, I've, seen and worked with a lot of doctors with myself and family members over the years. And it's very uncommon to have a, a to work with a doctor who's like, Hey, we're actually going to work on like your daily routines and the things that you're doing to have a healthy lifestyle, not just, right. you know, we'll fix your headache or we'll fix your migraines or we'll fix your cancer or whatever it is. Well, I mean, yeah, look at what Dean Graziosi and all those Tony Robbins, they all say habits and routines, right? And you know, that's what people got to build in health. Like, I call you all the time. Like no doctor is going to take the time to do that. You know why I do that? Not because I want to talk to you. I'm kidding, but it's, I, I'm building a habit in you and habits take what people used to think 21 days. Now it's like 90 days or whatever. Um, if I can't build you the right set of routines, then you're going to be back in my door a year or two or three years from now, because I was just another quick fix. But if I can set you up for success and build proper habits that you'll never stop, then you're going to be the dude who starts teaching other people like, Hey, yeah, you should do this. Like, this is what I've learned. This is what I continue to do. And then it just becomes habit and you, you keep going. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a different, different approach and different model. One that I have appreciated a lot and we've only been working together for a couple months. Right. Um, so my, my next question for you is the flip side of that, right? So if your common enemy is the thing that you fight against, um, then your driving force is the thing you fight for, right? So we say on this show, it's just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham. You know, right. or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you guys fight for with your practice? Um, I'm, I'm fighting for the person in front of me because they don't realize how um, fragile life is. They don't realize how important their health is. And I'm fighting for them to realize that because we're only given one chance on this earth, right? We're going to have another chance when we pass. I don't want you to take advantage of it because you think that you're going to be here tomorrow. I want to make you realize that your health is your number one thing. And I want you to realize that it is fragile. And guess what? I didn't even have to do it this time. The coronavirus is doing it for everyone. A virus out there is making people realize and scared for their health. And it's like, if you would just realize and accept that your health is the number one thing and it's fragile, it's like that little baby you hold, super fragile. But if you just care for it and love on it every single day, and make it a priority in your life, you'll always be healthy and you won't have to worry about anything. Absolutely. So just in, in light of that, um, can you talk for a minute about how your body is designed to deal with viruses? Sure. Um, as far as like, what do you, what do you, I guess. Like, just like how, 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 how does, how are we, like, if you're healthy, you know, how to, like a healthy person who gets a virus, right? Like the cold or the flu or, you know, God forbid the, co the coronavirus. Right. How would a healthy, you know, like, a, you know, someone who's performing at 100%, how would their body handle a virus? They probably wouldn't even know they had it, number one. But um, number two, their, their body would, would seek it out. Like if you get infected, it doesn't matter if it's COVID or regular virus. Your immune system will essentially turn on and activate and search for that to address that problem. But what happens to most people is their immune system and their body doesn't even do that. It doesn't even work. And when it gets to a, a capacity when something like COVID comes in, and most of us already have a compromised immune system, we can handle a flu, a, a flu here and there. But when something this big comes in, 
it's a big, it's a different story. And so someone who's at a high performing individual, when their body's functioning at hundred percent, it's immediate. Their body sends out all those signals and says, Hey, we got an intruder. We got to go now versus someone else who's not healthy. It's like waking up. Oh, where do we go? Where is the intruder? I don't know where it's at. And then they start freaking out and they tell their friends like, where do we go? I don't know. And their whole body freaks out, shuts down and it takes them days or weeks to get over something or they're always constantly getting sick or, you know, they're on the other side. They never get sick because their immune system is just in overdrive, non, 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 stop. And then as they get older, it just tanks and then it stops and then they get massively ill. Um, so when a proper immune system is functioning, it's instantaneous. They know where the problem is. They know what's going on and then they fix it. Anything else outside of that, someone who's sick or not healthy, it doesn't do that. It's a lot slower. So for me to take 10 seconds to get there versus one second, that's the matter of sometimes life or death. So could you, uh, could, could you make a comparison to like, we've been talking a lot about in the, uh, the, this whole coronavirus panic about the hospital surge capacity. And like, you know, if you were talking about the virus, you got a big, strong virus comes in, you have a healthy immune system. It's going to have all the capacity it needs to deal with the virus. Right. right. Whereas someone who's like already working, if their immune system is already a capacity, if their hospital system's already filled up, all the beds are gone and yeah. then they get hit with the virus, right. it's overloads the system. There's no, there's not another bed for this virus to go in and get work done. You know, your body can't handle it. It's done. Um, is it always life or death for people? No. Um, as we get older, is it? Yes. And so it, it doesn't make sense to people when we're young in our thirties and twenties and forties. But then ask anyone who's in their fifties or sixties, they're more concerned about catching things and worried about things because they didn't take the time necessary to fix their, what, you know, whether it's your immune system or your health, they haven't put in the effort to attain proper health. And so I'm not scared of the coronavirus. People should be scared or any virus. It doesn't matter if you've done the due diligence to be healthy. Then, like you said, your hospital bay is open and it's ready to take on whatever it needs. <laughs> so, just an interesting question. You mentioned the, the, the age groups, right? So I, I would imagine not all of our audience is like my age or your age and younger. It's probably spans the spectrum right. um, of age groups. If someone is in their 40s or 50s or 60s, is it too late for them to start working on their health huh. um, and get to a place where they have peak fitness and that kind of stuff? No, no different than they always tell smokers like the best day to start st stop smoking is today. The best day to start taking care of your health is today, whether you're 40 or 50, you still have the opportunity to reap benefits. Now, you know, you may be chronically ill in your 60s or 70s, and it's, you know, it's going to be a lot harder. But any, op any opportunity to attain health, I will take it. So at 40, 50 or 60, there's no such thing as too late. It's just your body's, it's your body's very powerful. And it can reverse itself to the point of where you wouldn't even know you ever, ever had any issues. But there is a thing called the limitation of matter, which when your body does get to a certain point, because you waited too long, it might be really, really hard to turn that one around. But otherwise, 99% of people out there right now, they can turn their health around instantly. Yeah, and all it does, all, and most of the time we were talking about is changing habits and changing things that you're doing on a daily basis. Habits, routines, um, checking in on yourself, actually prioritizing your health. Because there's never, I just got off the uh, phone with another podcaster and um, there's never going to be a one side, there's never going to be a diet that's going to fix you. It's not going to work like that. There's not going to be a miraculous uh, fruit or vegetable that you can eat every day and it's going to miraculously change your health. It might change a couple things, but it's not going to just be the cure. 
it's exactly what you said, habits, routines, and actually knowing what's happening versus guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting too, like you mentioned, um, we started, I've already started seeing results and it's like, you know, one of the things that I struggled with a lot was like falling to sleep and just getting some, some routines in place. It's like, Hey, I sleep better now than I did before, you know, despite some, some of the current therapies we're doing that are, that are impacting that. But, but the, uh, um, you, you can see results really quickly and then you see benefits from that really quickly, um, as well. And you can, it's, it's like you can be on a, a negative trajectory and you can immediately turn the trajectory positive. It might take you a while to start getting to like really positive, right? You know, We've heard a lot from, uh, what is it, Dr. Bricks lately about logarithmic curves. <laughs> you, can, you can have a nice positive curve. You know, it takes a long time on the slow, but you, eventually you'll start to see a lot of uptick in, in your health. Well, I mean, it's no different than you just said, the negative direction, right? So most people don't know that they're going in that direction. It's not until they hit that. Yeah, because like on, the, on those logarithmic curves, it's a, for the first you know, 40 years, it's very slow, right? And then it drops off of a cliff, right? And then they're like, I just woke up and it was completely different. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you were already going down that way, but today was the day your body was finally like, hey, this is it, we're at the bottom. It's no different. Like, like even you saying like, just the littlest change for sleep. People put sleep as like, oh, that's nothing. Like, that's not even a big deal. And it's like, that is the biggest deal. Like sleep is actually the most important thing you need out of anything. And, but people just say, oh, I can, I can work all day, sleep four hours. And the, you know, they act all big and bad about it. I'm like, you're saying that now. But sleep is the, I always prescribe sleep over anything. Like if someone can't sleep, oh man, good luck getting healthy. It's going to take some time for sure. Like you've got to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some practical things, right? So we call this your hero's, hero's tool belt, right? Maybe you've got a big magical hammer like Thor or Bulletproof S like your police officer. What are some tools that you use in your business that you think you couldn't, you absolutely couldn't do what you do for your clients or for yourself or to manage your clients or anything, um, you know, just today to, to make your, uh, make, to do what you do with your clients. Sure. So not health wise, just tools I use. Um, they could be health tools, right? Whatever, like tools for diagnostics or tools for managing your clients or whatever it is that, you know, just makes your business go around. Yeah. So tools would be, you know, what we're on right now, zoom. That's my big tool, um, that I use to actually see all my clients FaceTime. Um, other tools is obviously utilizing you for website and just branding and getting people out there so someone can actually see my face and see me and my family online. Um, other tools is um, I use this little ring right here to track me every day. So it's a biometric device where it tracks my heart rate, my sleep, my uh, body temperature, respiration rate, everything. Um, because I want to know, we always talk about knowing in this podcast, I want to know if I'm doing the right things. So that's how I track my health. Um, as far as my clients, it's the testing. The testing is one of those things where it just opens up Pandora's box and it's like, Hey, Richard, by the way, you're going to die tomorrow. Not, not really, but you know, it opens up, <laughs> yeah. it opens up a box of like, Hey, at one form or fashion, you were going to have to open this box, whether it was on your deathbed or whether it was, you know, five years from now, the box would be open no matter what. And it's just those tools, those testing allowed me to do that. And then, um, you know, just automation, bringing other people on, all, all the team members now that I have working with me, it allows me to provide better care to you and clients because I can spend more focused time on what I love, which is I love talking to people. I love my family the most, but I love actually interacting with humans because I'm a community person. I'm family centered. And that's the one thing that we're missing right now is community and communication. 
And so that's why you've seen it. Like with you and I, like we spend, we get to know each other. We get to know our families. I get to, because I, I don't want, I don't want to be the white coat. I don't want to be like, Hey doc, like I can never talk to you because you're the doctor. No, I want to be your friend. I want to walk with you on this journey. And that's my biggest tool is I walk with you. I take this journey with you. So that way we get to experience life together and experience these new health goals being accomplished. And that's what gets me through the day. Absolutely. That's really cool. And I've, I've noticed that a lot about how you, uh, how you interact with me and how you interact with, you know, we got the opportunity because we traveled to come see you and your family and have dinner together and uh, take our kids to the park and whatnot. Um, and it's very different than most of the, uh, the, the doctor patient relationships that most people have, right? Cause the doctor patient relationship, and a lot of times you, you can see it. There's like an arrogance in the space. So like, Hey, I have, I have letters behind my name that you don't have. So you have to like, like we have to have this, this, you know, this power differential in our relationship in order for you to respect me. Well, that's um, a big gap yeah. though, in healing because you see that he's here and then you're here. There's nothing in between to make you guys stick together. And part of the healing is me to you, that connection and making mm-hmm. you realize like, I'm just a person. Like I'm no, no degree or license is going to make me a better person than you. Just like Tony Robbins or whoever, they're no better than you or I, they're still people. You just don't know them at that level, but I'm sure there's people that do and they communicate and they love them. Like that's how health needs to be. Like your doctor, if you're not at that level with them, you're going to have a hard time getting healthy because that's part of health is that communication aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just, just like personally for me, um, I'm not sure how, how common this is with your clients, but I tend to be pretty introspective on this stuff is, is like, I, because we have that level of relationship, when you like, hey, when you prescribe a therapy, and I'm like, I'm like, I have to do this because I don't want to disappoint Dr. Fox either, right? Like, like we're we have a, you know, it's it's like a friendship. Like you you say to your friend, I'm going to be there at six o'clock. You're going to show up at six o'clock because you respect the relationship, right? right? You respect what what you're doing. And so if you're if you're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this therapy over the next three weeks, and you're like, it's not going to be fun, and I'm not going to like it. And you know, if it was, you know, just some doctor in a white coat that prescribed it to me, and I'm was never going to see him again, and maybe he was going to check up in three weeks, right. I might not do it, right? And I wouldn't feel bad if I lied to him, right? Well, and then you're not going to also get a meme from me of like, I'm going to send you a funny picture of probably what you're experiencing. Like, we got to make this fun. Like, life is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be interesting, and we're supposed to be friends. Like, there's not, there should never be that. If there's someone who's superior over you. There's something wrong with that besides maybe my wife who thinks she's wearing the pants to everything, but, um, we're all, we're all on an equal, <laughs> awesome. we're all on an equal playing field. And once you realize that, at least in the health space, that's when you get like trans major transformations. I mean, I get people all the time. They spend tens, 20,000s of dollars with all these other doctors. Like I didn't get any better. I'm like, well, what'd you do? Exactly what you just said. The doctor checked in every couple of weeks or every month or like come back in three, five, six weeks. And then they work with me and then a couple of weeks later, they're better. But I'm, I'm, I'm investing a lot of time into them because I want to know them. I want to know their family. I want to know who they are. I want to know their husband. Because if I know that, then you, you'll know that I'm, I'm with you on this. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about your own personal heroes, right? Sure. So just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they uh, real-life mentors, speakers, authors, peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your practice and the results you get for your clients? Sure. Um, I don't, I would say my mentor hero, I guess, um, even though I've never met him personally yet, probably would be Tony Robbins just because a long time ago I went to a uh, seminar because I was struggling with life. 
and um, just didn't know what I wanted anymore. Didn't know my purpose, my meaning, my vision. Uh, I pretty much got to the point of being hopeless. And as corny as it sounds, I went to one of his seminars, four or five day long seminar, and um, it was just everything I needed. It was just realizing that, hey, I'm badass. Like I know I, I can be great. There is greatness in me. Um, and just making me change like who I, like the person I thought I was, I wasn't. And it made me found, it made me think and realize the, the person that I really am. And then um, all the success started from there. The moment I went to that is the moment I became successful. Everything before that was not successful. So I would say that was probably my biggest influence. I've had a lot of mentors here and there, um, you know, Nick Halleck, Five Day Weekend, a bunch of other people. Um, but as far as the biggest impact that where I noticed the biggest shift was that moment when I got back from that seminar and I said, no, and I said no more. So on just sort of in that vein of thinking, have you had any mentors in the health space that have helped educate you on sort of what you know and how you, like the, the, the methodologies that you use or is a lot of this sort of stuff that you've innovated yourself? Um, yeah, I've had mentors from overseas. I could say names, but you wouldn't really know them. Um, I've had close friends that have taught me how to go virtual. So I've had many di different doctors that have helped me piece things together. Um, I've, I've learned protocols and just, just new things from other doctors. Cause I don't want to be the guy that says he knows it all. Cause I don't. And so I I'm always seeking, um, wisdom from other people, just like people are seeking wisdom from me. And, um, yeah, I've had a lot through the health space and through the entrepreneurial space. That's really cool. So I want to bring it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about guiding principles. So top one or two principles or actions that you put in place every day that you think impact the success that you have had in your business, maybe something that you wish you had known when you first started out. Yeah. Uh, get uncomfortable. My biggest principle. Um, Try something new and get uncomfortable. I try to, um, well, and also just getting up, <laughs> moving. Um, I always drew like the circle where comfort was here and then uncomfortable was there. The moment I get into those uncomfortable zones, I know I'm gonna grow. The moment I just take action, just take a step, I'm gonna grow. Those are my two principles is take a step and get uncomfortable. Or as what I learned from Tony Robbins, massive action. So that's how I live my life every day. I take the step to massive action and I get uncomfortable. Absolutely. And I actually, I really like that whole idea of, you know, take action, do something, right? Because it, it, takes, it takes the focus off of I have to accomplish the thing to I just have to take the step, right? And a lot yeah. of people, they look at, they look at, you know, what is that, that classic illustration of like, you know, I have to eat the elephant, like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, <laughs> right? Um, and it's that idea of like, you just have to take a step, you'll get there, right? If you just put a little bit of effort in today, you know, and a little bit more effort in tomorrow, a little bit more effort in the next day, eventually you have new habits, you have new things, it snowballs. But that used to bother me so much because I wanted to finish it now. And I just like, yeah. I realized I grew faster. And you just said what I talk about with my clients. You said little steps every day, right? Yeah. And that's what I had to teach myself was I just got to do one thing, whatever that goal is, if I can do one or two things towards it, even if they're tiny, man, that's going to add up after a while because the compound effect is pretty cool. And the more I keep continuing to do that, no different than someone gave me a, Hey, if you, if you compound a penny every day after so many days, it equals a million dollars. It's like one penny, then another penny, then four pennies. It's like, it's the same thing. Like just one days in case you were wondering, you know, it. there you go. But if you would have said that, I would have been like, how many days does it take for a penny to compound into a million dollars? I probably would have thought like a year.
but I knew they were tricking me and I was like, oh yeah, 28 days. Like, but that's the same thing with like, if people just take a couple steps every day, they're going to look back and be like, oh, like, how did I get all the way over here? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I can remember specifically one of the days where I decided in my business that I was going to start changing some things and putting processes in place and making progress, like small progress every day. Um, and my, my business is four times the size it was back then. And it took one tenth the amount of time to get from, from, you know, where it was there to where it is now. That's like the reverse. It's like a reverse uh, effect though, because you wouldn't think like that though. Most people would think I got to take massive action every day until it gets done this week, but you accomplished it faster than you would have ever done just by taking the baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. So what's crazy to me is like, I, before, before, um, that point in my life, I was working 12 to 18 hours a day. Right. <laughs> right. And I was like, I made it to here. And when I started working like two, three, four hours a day and taking, just making sure I got something accomplished every day, um, my business grew to here in, you know, in like two years instead of, you know, it took me 10 years to get here and then two years yeah. to get to here. That's an American thing though. We're, we're always taught work more, work harder, work longer means better success. And that's what I learned from Nick Halleck as uh, five day weekend. You should only work, you know, two days <laughs> or another mentor taught me like technically you should maximum, you should work a day is technically four hours. You can't really do much more than that effectively. And then always have, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, or as Nick would say, work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then have the rest of the weekend off. Like you don't need to work Monday through Sunday or Monday through Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I am learning that and I've been actively trying to build my business that direction. Um, and you know, I'm down to four hours a day, you know, four to five days a week, most of the time. Um, and my business is growing and doing well and like, freaking love that. Um, but you never, you wouldn't think that like, you don't, it doesn't seem like that's the way it should work. And one of the common themes on this podcast that I've, we've talked about with almost every single person we've had on as a guest is this whole idea of the giving yourself permission to play. Right. And as entrepreneurs, we tend to think that that recreation, that play is a reward for a job well done instead of a requirement to do a good job. Right. And like a foundational requirement um, that when you're rested and relaxed and healthy and having, you know, you have the creative mind space right, that comes from doing those things. When you come to work, you can get a lot more accomplished in a lot less time than someone who's working all the time and hoping eventually once they reach whatever their magical marker is that they're going to go and, you know, play and retire or whatever. Someone always taught me and I reversed it. They said, work hard, play hard. Like that's what you got to do. And I was like, why not play hard so I can work hard? Right. Yeah. So I always, I teach people move. Movement is life. Get moving, have fun. As you would say, play. And then the, the, the work and the, the reaping what you sow or so you'll see it. Versus if you work hard and then don't ever play, you're not going to see anything. Your growth is going to be stunted. It's going to take forever. It's going to be a miserable process and you're not going to enjoy it. And that's why I get a lot of sick entrepreneurs because they work themselves into the ground and they think that all this work is going to pay off for them. And they have millions of dollars now, yet they're more unhappy than they've ever been in their entire life. Yeah. It's interesting because like I was on that path, right? And then I changed it and a couple of years later and then I met you, which is cool. So like I met you like when I was already on the, uh, the, the path of like, how can I, how can I, how can I make myself healthy enough that I can play forever? 
right? Because that was sort of, I, I think I, I told you that, like, my goal is, like, I want to be able to chase my grandkids as well as, as well as I can chase my kids now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to be the dude who's 80 who doesn't, like, I want to still kick the crap out of my son who's, like, 30 or 40 at the time, however old he is. And the biggest thing that drives me is, you know, I was just shocked was like the whole Steve Jobs thing. It's like the dude had billions of dollars, billions of dollars, but he didn't have his health. So and then you just dropped dead. Dropped dead and can't use any of that money, can't enjoy his life. He never enjoyed anything that I know of. And it's like, dude, it's not about the money. It's play, have fun, and the money will come with it versus people focus on the money and then they never play. And then they get to that point where it's like, oh, I missed out on the whole aspect of life, what the purpose is. Absolutely. So that basically wraps up our interview. I do have one more thing that we do on every episode. I call it the Heroes Challenge. Heroes Challenge is pretty simple. Um, and it's basically this. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine if you don't have their permission. And why do you think they should come on our show and share their story? Entrepreneurial one. Um, I don't know if we'll come on there, but uh, I think Nick would be a good person. He's got an interesting, uh, he was an astronaut, went into space, did, like goes into volcanoes. Um, just his mindset on life. The biggest takeaway I've learned from him is life is about experiences. That's all you'll remember is what you've experienced in life. You won't remember all the money you made when you pass away. And so I think he'd be a good perspective for people to, you know, he's a successful gazillionaire and he'll, and the only thing he cares about is experiences. I think he'd be amazing for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And if if I remember right, he's like the number 10 wealthiest person in Australia or something, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I don't know what number. Yeah, he's he's pretty high up there. But um, when you talk to him, you wouldn't know it because he never talks about money. He only talks about like, hey, this is the next trip I'm taking. I'm going into the the anus, devil's anus. I'm not going to go jump off of a, uh, he's going to go jump off of a volcano or something like that. <laughs> oh, I mean, he just got back and did something crazy. And I'm just like, but he's learned because it's not about money he's always learned he's like just go experience life just like you said go play that's the same thing as go experience go play outside go go, yeah. go take a trip go play go do something experience life and um he's you know he's seen both sides of the equation so he'd be a good person yeah yeah absolutely and i love that mentality too it's like one of the things i'm trying to instill in my kids we we every like my son and i every day this this whole like since we've been in shelter in place we've been getting up and going on rollerblade trips around the uh <laughs> the place we're staying and you know it's like we're we're looking forward to like finding ways to play together right um and you know everything from like he's been getting really interested in pokemon and we've been you know i took him to a you know a tournament and like learning how to play the game with him and doing those things and it's like i look for excuses to play with my kids right. um you know because that's where i'm at in my life right now i got kids at home and that's what we're we're doing so that's where that's where a lot of the play happens but yeah you know you gotta gotta play because that's what uh that's what makes you do good work. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Fox. Where can people find you if they're interested in going through, uh, going through your programs or, you know, maybe having you on their, their podcasts or whatever they're looking for, where can they find you? And then more importantly, um, who are the right types of people to sort of reach out if they're looking for help with their health or things like that? Who are, you know, if someone's listening to this, what should they ask themselves if they're going to say, yeah, I should reach out to Dr. Fox? Yeah. So, um, first place to find me, answer question is, uh, drwestfox.com. Um, you can just schedule a consult or, um, you know, find any information on there to help you out with that. And then, um, as far as what 
if someone are you asking what they should ask themselves like like if someone's listening to the show and they're thinking you know what 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 would be an indicator to them that they should reach out right something in their health or so their life that they should uh, they should reach out and say hi to you right um, i don't think there is an indicator I, what i believe is if if you've never checked your health then how would you know and so i i think the first step is just to check make sure you are healthy um so that encompasses everyone so i, I could get you know we could get results back for people and i've had it happen where i'm like dude you're good like there's not really anything to work on you're awesome at least that person checked so uh, the first step is just check. I mean, cause at the end of the day, it's better to know versus take that risk of like, oh, I'll check tomorrow. Our brains do that to us on everything. Like I'll do that tomorrow. I'll play with my kids tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and then you don't do it. So um, you don't have to have any health issue. If I give you any indications, then you're just gonna be like, well, that doesn't, you know, it's not me. I'm good to go. I don't have to check. <laughs> like, no, if you've never had an in-depth check into your health or analysis, then you need to check. You need to reach out, whether it's me or another doctor, I can point you in a direction of other people too. Um, first step, always, always check, no matter what. Yeah, so testing is foundation. And for those of you who are like me, who are scared of getting the test because you were like, I don't want to find out the day I'm going to die. It's actually really, really fascinating to learn what your body's doing and how it's doing and why it's doing some of the things it's doing, right? And it was to see confirmation um, in the testing of a lot of the things that I have experienced in life was really, really interesting to realize that like, Hey, like your, your expression in life is actually a result of your baseline health. Right. Yeah. Um, and to realize that you can change that, right. Yeah. That you can impact it is such a cool thing. Um, yeah. so, um, for, for, for me at least, Go ahead. it made, I say for me, at least it made health a real thing. Right. It made it something that I, you know, for, for a lot of, for a lot of people, at least it feels like health is like this ethereal thing that happens to you. Um, without realizing that you're in control of all the knobs and dials, right? Yeah. And to, to realize that you're sitting in front of all the knobs and dials and you can make those changes. If you knew what they were and you knew what it looked like, um, and that's sort of what you get when you go through that kind of testing stuff is you get to see, you know, like if you've seen a, what do you call it? The inside out, you know, the emotions up in the brain working with all the little boards, like, hey, someone pulls the cover off the board for you and be like, hey, did you realize you had all these knobs and dials that control your health? And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I had that. I, so I always tell people, When's the last time you popped the hood open on the car? When's the last time you looked inside? If you've never done that, you got to do it. And the biggest, funniest thing you reminded me of, um, Nick actually taught me this, was he used to have a countdown timer of when he was going to die. So he, knew exactly, oh, no. he knew exactly how many days and hours he had left until his last day. I think it gave him like age, I don't know, 95 or 88 or something. And it counted back. So he would look on his screen. It's like, you've got... 1 million gazillion this many days left until you die. But he said it was so invigorating because it made him not take life for granted. It made him see the numbers that were actually turning and saying, oh shoot, like I gotta, I gotta do something with my life today. I gotta go outside and go into this volcano. I gotta do this. If you saw those numbers, or like you said, if you pulled up the, the rusty cloth over all the things inside your brain or inside, you know, if you just uncovered everything, you would, you would feel so much better and you take action. It's just take the first step just check. That's all I say. Absolutely. Awesome. So for, thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Fox. It has been a pleasure having you here. Um, so if you were listening to this, definitely check out it's drwesfox.com, D-R-W-E-S-F-O-X.com. Um, I have to put that website together. So that's, you know, my, my plug for him as well. Um, it's been uh, a pleasure working with you both myself and then to have you here on the podcast as well. And um, I really look forward to seeing 
both how your business grows and how my health grows as a result of all of these things. And if you're listening to this, take the time out to go and actually get that, um, that level of testing done for your health. You know, like, like Dr. Fox says, pop the hood. You'll be, you'll be blown away to learn um, the kind of stuff that's going on in your body and how you can impact and control it. Um, especially if you're, you know, like me, entrepreneur, wanting to grow your business, wanting to live a high performance life. Um, it'll, be, it'll change your life. In that driver's seat. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, Richard. Awesome. Do you have any uh, final words of wisdom before I go ahead and hit the stop record button? I don't. My only last piece of advice, just like you said, is get in that driver's seat and take that first step. That's all you have to do. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show.